Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. This past Wednesday night, I mentioned a passage from the book of Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 23, where it says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. Amen. There is something about the solid steps of a good man that will indeed impact the world around them. Much has already been said today about uh, about. The inference, at least, that we may be the only Bible some people read. We certainly may be the only gospel. Our lives may be the only gospel that someone will ever see lived out. And so with great care and caution, we should exercise the gift that God has placed within us. I want to speak to you today from this thought, something worth preserving. Something worth preserving. I'm very thankful for my spiritual inheritance I have a deep appreciation, and certainly the older I get, it seems as though that appreciation just gets deeper and broader. But I have a great appreciation for every Sunday school teacher and for every youth leader that ever shared the saving gospel of Jesus Christ with me. In their own inimitable way, they taught me and conveyed the gospel to me. It may have been in fashions that would not be so, uh, so moving today, but nevertheless, the gospel was planted in my heart. The truth of his word was planted in my heart. They did it in a way, they did it in a fashion that I could not only appreciate, but that I could understand. And so as a child, I can remember being very moved by the presence of the Lord. Amen. I'm, I'm being very, very sincere. I know I was a child, but I can remember feeling the very sobering presence of God and so that's why I just want to say today one more time, don't ever underestimate what a child can feel in our services like right here today. Amen. I was attending a youth camp as a very young boy when I first felt the call of God and his hand at work in my life. I received the Holy Ghost that night. 
but I really didn't understand the magnitude of what God was doing in my life and my heart. And I'm not underscoring the importance of, of young children receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I think that's proof positive. Amen. I think that's proof when a child that has no other way of knowing just lifts their hands and begins to praise and magnify the Lord. Amen. And they begin to receive the Holy Ghost and that is evidence with speaking with other tongues. What greater sign is there than through the innocence of a child of what God is doing in their life. And so I did feel as though I received something tremendous that night, but I couldn't comprehend the magnitude of what God was really doing in my heart. But 10 years later, I received something I think that was just the next chapter in my life and, and it left a forever footprint in my heart. Amen. I, 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 am, I don't want to stand here today and even remotely appear to be boasting in myself because I am alone and nothing, I alone am nothing more than just a mortal man. I promise you that. Amen. But I will put my hand in the hand of the Apostle Paul. I will arm and link arms with him. And I will join thought with him when the Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Amen. Whatever that may be in your opinion, whatever it may not be in your opinion, amen. I'm thankful like the Apostle Paul that says, I am what I am by the grace of God. As a matter of fact, I believe that's applicable to every man, woman, boy, and girl in this house today. We are what we are by the, by the grace of God. Amen. I think that's a declaration that we ought to live by and understand. Amen. It, it, it really isn't our giftedness that, or that alone that brings us to a great place in the Lord. I believe that God can use gifts and he certainly can use talent and ability, but it is the grace of God and never underestimate that. While some could humbly speak of being raised in close proximity to the church and maybe you're a multiple generation, you had parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles that had, uh, had, had gone to the church. Others may not have that testimony at all. However, it really doesn't matter where we are in the journey. Not really, because everybody has to start somewhere. Amen. There had to be a first generation somewhere. I'm thankful for the first generation. You may have decades behind you. You, you may. Amen. I know there are some here that do. Others may be very early on in your walk with God. And maybe some are going to start their journey with the Lord this very day. Amen. It matters not where you are. What matters is in the end, what are we going to do with the opportunity that we have been given to start somewhere? Amen. We can start today. We can absolutely start today. While I understand that everyone has their own unique story to tell, I will share just a snippet of mine. I'm thankful for grandparents that attended a revival where the light of this glorious gospel shined in their heart. Amen. And they saw, by the grace of God, Amen, a better way. Amen, the light of revelation began to shine in their heart. Amen, the Bible says that his word, David said, is not just a lamp to my feet. It's not just a light for my here and now, a lamp for my here and now, but he said it can also be a light unto my path. And I'm thankful for the light of revelation that shined. Amen, that, that, that began to show a way more clearly. Amen, that begin to show that there is more knowledge of the word of God. There is a broader way and there is more depth to him. Amen, I'm thankful for that. 
I'm thankful that they didn't just hear that message and I'm thankful they didn't just have that experience, but I'm thankful that they started walking in that way. They weren't necessarily a young couple. They were married with a few children when they began to walk with God. However, what they did that day or that night in that tent meeting was this. They came upon something that they felt like was worth preserving. Amen. Something that was worth holding on to and keeping. Amen. And they did just that. They they kept something that they deemed to be of great value. And personally, I'm thankful that they did. My grandmother was a very quiet and unassuming woman that just simply lived out her Christian faith every day in her life. And there's something to be said for someone who finishes what they begin. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I'm glad that it wasn't just some wild burst out of the gate and then somewhere it just vaporized. But I'm thankful for those who started with the Lord and they're still walking with him after all these years, after all the highs and after all the lows. Amen. They've got bumps and bruises along the way. They've been encouraged and they've been discouraged. Amen. They've been blessed and it seems like that, that many times that life has robbed them of things. But somehow or another, their mind, their heart, amen, they realize I've got something here that's worth holding on to. I've got to keep up with this. I've got to keep up with this. They begin to instill the love of the gospel in the hearts of those around them, pioneering churches and ultimately settling here. I'm thankful for my heritage. However, it is not enough to just receive something, but somebody's going to have to hold fast and somebody's going to have to preserve if that that's been received. Amen. It would be one thing. It would be one thing. I remember meeting a, a man many years ago and, and uh, we have maintained the sim- uh, uh, somewhat of a relationship, an acquaintance at least through the years. And he said to me, not, uh, not boastfully at all, as a matter of fact, He was somewhat broken when he said this. He said, I in my lifetime have always been able to make a lot of money. He said, I've never been able to keep it. But I've always been blessed to have a mind to make money. Now, I I thought that's a wonderful blessing in the sense, the first part at least, to be able to make that, but then to have to drop his head and say, but I haven't always been able to keep it. And so you think about, I think about what a tremendous privilege it is to not just start with the Lord. Amen. I'm thankful. I've watched people get a great start with God. Amen. A wonderful, a powerful experience with the Lord. And then somehow it didn't mean enough to them to hold on to that. I'm not trying to judge them. I'm just talking about what it looks like from a distance that somewhere there wasn't something in their mind that said, you know what? I found a great treasure. The Bible talks about a man that found a treasure in a field. Amen. Then he left all to just go by the field because I've got to get this because in this field there is a tremendous treasure. I will tell you today that I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost experience. Amen. I'm thankful for everything that the Lord has ever done. I'm just holding the microphone talking about me. But we can insert your name into this. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost experience? Amen. That somewhere you realize that I, it's not enough to just start in this way. But I've got something that's worth holding on to. I've got something worth teaching my children about. I've got something worth teaching those around, around me about. 
I'm thankful for an atmosphere of prayer to be, uh, to be around. I'm thankful for this atmosphere today. I'm thankful that when sickness came into our home, we knew the value of prayer. Amen. I'm thankful that I was taught that principle. It wasn't that my parents didn't believe in doctors or medicine, none of the above. But I'm going to tell you that was where we went first. We went to the altar of prayer. Amen. I am very, very thankful for that. Amen. I want to hold on and I want to preserve. I believe the responsibility today should gnaw into the shoulders of every seasoned saint to help us realize that we've got a responsibility to keep this, to preserve it. Amen. So that when another generation comes along, we can hand them far more than just a few testimonies of how it used to be and what God used to do or how it was when I was a child. Amen, I want my history about the hand of the Lord moving to be as recent as last time we were in church. And I never will forget. I'm gonna tell you, I can truthfully say, I never will forget this past Wednesday night when the Spirit of God began to move and the power of the Lord began to move in this holy house. I'm glad I don't have to go back to 1950 or 1960 or 1970 or 80. I'm glad I don't have to try to pull out some dusty testimony from decades ago but I'm glad I was here Wednesday and the spirit of the Lord began to move in this house and the fire I think the same fire that was here Wednesday night was the same Holy Ghost that was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost just as real just as palatable just as powerful just just had the same ability to save the same ability to heal the same ability to deliver the same ability to direct the same ability to lift up the same ability to take down that same God is in this service today. We have felt his presence. We have felt his power. I want to preserve that. I want to hold on to that. I want to, I want to turn your attention to the book, the Old Testament book of Ezra. You're going to find this right after First and Second Chronicles. Just a few chapters there, the book of Ezra. And now by just way of setting a scene here in your mind, I, I want you to Allow me just a moment to give, give you a, a picture setting of where we are in Scripture. The book of Ezra follows the books of First and Second Kings and then the books of First and Second Chronicles. The conclusion of those four books, Kings and Chronicles, the conclusion of those four books, in that conclusion we see the state of desolation of the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. We see the state that they had been reduced to. I'm going to tell you, when God's hand is against you, that's not a pretty thing. Amen. It came through their backslidings. It wasn't God flexing his muscles, but it was God's mercy that was reaching for them. Uh, their captivity, their, 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 their plight came through uh, an end result of their backslidings and their rebellion. They were sent into Babylonian captivity, and this would be for a season of 70 years. And this was prophesied. Uh, by Jeremiah and so it was It was told that you're going to be in a season of 70 years of captivity but you're going to come out amen you're going to come out God is going to save a remnant God is going to save a remnant and so uh, this prophecy was literally fulfilled the books of Ezra the books of Esther and the books of Nehemiah give us some great insight as to the divine goodness and the restorative nature of God. However, at the forefront today is the man by the name of Ezra. History teaches us that Ezra was a very holy man, a very godly man, but Ezra was also a very educated man. 
He was a very learned man. He was especially skilled in the knowledge of scripture. And so in Ezra chapter eight, we find Ezra taking the vessels of the Lord back to the temple. And we, you have to understand that, uh, that, that the vessels had been stolen. They had been taken away by Nebuchadnezzar. They had been taken away during this time of, of, of uh, Israel being out. And so Ezra was now dubbed with the responsibility to take the vessels back to the house of God. Amen. And so it was Ezra, Esther, and Nehemiah in these books where we see the restor restoration of all of this. Amen. Ezra was a very trusting man, a very trusting man. Ezra's whole approach to how we're going to get the vessels from here back over to here was a very spiritual approach. Ezra was not a warlord. He was not a leader of, uh, of warriors. Amen. But he just understood that the hand of God was with them. Amen. He wasn't as skilled with a sword as maybe some other leaders would be, but he just trusted that God was not going to fail us. He received the blessing of the Lord and he received the help of the Lord. And he said, if you're going to see this come about, you're going to have to humble yourself in order to see what God can do in our midst. So Ezra, the very first thing he did was he called for a three-day fast. And he said, we're just going to ask God to protect us. Now, there may have been some warriors in, the, in that group. There may have been some men that said, you know, we might need some muscle with us. We might need some gun power. We might even need some gun powder. We might need some swords and some shields. And, uh, but he said, you know what? We're just going to believe God to trust us. Now, this was not whimsical faith. And this was not a man being foolish at all. But he was trusting in the Lord. Ezra had the power, the authority. He could have asked for armed escort, but he said, we're going to trust the Lord. Can I tell you today, I'm thankful for every person in my life that said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to trust in the Lord. Amen. Here were thousands of Jews inexperienced in travel, inexperienced in warfare. They're carrying a fortune in gold and silver, and they're being led by a scholar and not a soldier planning to travel through some dangerous territory that's infested with outlaws. Amen. I think it's very safe to say that Ezra was a man who knew how to trust God. Many could have been saying, but what about this? And what about that? And what are we going to do if we encounter this? Or what are we going to do if we encounter that? And Ezra was not being foolish nor blind when he said, what we're going to do is trust in the hand of God. Amen. Consider, if you will, the unfolding events of this book. In Ezra chapter 1 and verse number 6, the Bible says, And all they that were about them strengthened their hands with the vessels of silver, with gold, and precious things. Or in other words, they took it up. They picked it up. They strengthened their hands with the vessels. In verse 7, the Bible tells us that these vessels had been taken out of the house of God by Nebuchadnezzar to a place to be in a house of his false gods. And Ezra said, there's only one way we can make this right. We gotta take back what the enemy has stole from us. Amen, we gotta get it from here and we've gotta take it back to where it belongs. In verses 10 and 11, it gives us account of these vessels. They were many in number. In Ezra chapter five, in verse number 15, 
He said to those that were with him, he said, take these vessels, go, carry them into the temple that is in Jerusalem and let the house of God be builded in this place. Amen, let the house of God be builded in his place. Take these vessels and go. Amen, the Bible says in chapter six, verse number five, he said, let the gold and the silver vessels of the house of God be restored. And he said, and place them back in the house of God. Amen, now these scriptures explain the mission at hand. Amen, they're vessels. They've been robbed and stolen. They've been pillaged and they've been in the presence of false gods. But we're gonna do the right thing today, men. I want you to take up these vessels and we're gonna take them back to the house of God. Amen, we're gonna put them in God's place. We're gonna put them where they belong. Amen, we're gonna let them be in the house of God. Amen, then we, then we pick up after this on some of the responsibilities of those that were commissioned with this task. In Ezra chapter seven and verse number 19, the Bible says, these vessels also that are given thee for the service of the house of thy God. He said, those deliver thou before the God of Jerusalem. Now forgive me for not having this on the screen. We have some for scriptures, but I wanna read this again. The Bible says, the vessels also that are given to thee for the service of the house of thy God. He said, those, the ones that are given to you, those deliver thou before the God of Jerusalem. I'm putting something in your hand and I'm asking you to what I place in your hand, I'm asking you to take that back to Jerusalem and back to the house of God. Now it starts getting pretty serious. In chapter eight, in this read along if you, will, if you will, Ezra chapter eight and verse number 25. The Bible says, and weighed unto them the silver and the gold and the vessels, even the offering of the house of our God, which the king and his counselors and his lords and all of Israel present had offered. Amen, we move now, this is getting a little more serious. We're, we're being more than just a courier service here. We're, we're, we're not just picking up a glass of, from this table and setting it on this table. Uh, you know, we kind of signed up and somebody said, who will help us do this? and who will help us move these vessels from here to there? And uh, Well, here am I. I'll, I'll, I'll be one of those in the number. But now it's starting to get more serious because he said, well, if you're wanting to take this vessel here, step up here and we're gonna weigh this vessel. Before I put it in your hand, we're gonna know how much this vessel weighs. Before I put this in your care, we're gonna know everything there is to know about this vessel because in just a few moments, you're gonna walk out of my sight. In a few moments, I'm not gonna be standing here to see what you're gonna do with this vessel. In a few moments, you're gonna have to walk out of this temple and walk away from here and make your way to another temple. And so as we move into these passages, we see the complexion of this situation getting more and more sober. Ezra 8 and 28 says, ye are holy unto the Lord, but these vessels, they're holy also. You're holy, but what you're holding is holy. And can I tell you today that what you're, you're holy, but what you're in possession of is holy. Amen, I am holy and you are holy, but I've got something in my treasure, in my heart. I've got a treasure in an earthen vessel. And so the spirit of the Lord is commissioning us today to say, in a little while, the lights of this sanctuary are gonna be turned out. And we're gonna put away all the musical instruments and we're gonna lock the doors of this building and we're gonna walk away. But I need you to step 
up here because we're gonna, we're gonna weigh that holy thing that's in your heart. We're gonna weigh that holy thing here today. We're gonna see what this weighs today and in the morning, I wanna see what it weighs in the morning. I wanna find out if it's still there on Tuesday. I wanna find out if you're still in possession of the same thing on Thursday. Hey Amen, this is getting serious here now. We're gonna need you to sign your name. We're gonna need some numbers here. We're gonna, we're gonna need to know that you are in, that you understand what you're in possession of. Amen, you're holy. You're holy unto the Lord, but we need to know that what you're in possession of, now that is a holy thing. I don't wanna hurt anybody's feelings here today. Amen, I thank you for your, your holiness. I thank you for your walk with God, but can I tell you the holiest thing in this house is what's in our heart. Amen, the holiest thing in this house is the power and the presence of God. Therefore, with all diligence, I gotta keep it. Amen, therefore, I gotta earnestly contend for it. When the enemy comes, along and said well it's not as important or as valuable today as it has one time been I got to stand and say wait just a moment amen when I stood and God placed this in my life when God gave me possession of his spirit amen it has not gone down in value it has not gone down in worth amen my responsibility has not vanished or diminished any at all I am still just as responsible today to keep what God has put in my care to keep what God has put in my charge I'm responsible for that amen after verse 28 something interesting is added here there's a holy and a, and a sobering charge that Ezra placed on those that would be carrying the vessels and in verse number 29 he said watch ye and keep them and weigh them before the chief of the priests and the Levites and the chief of the fathers of Israel at Jerusalem in the chamber of the Lord. We're going to weigh them going out. We're going to weigh them coming in. Keep them, hold them, charge, you're charged, you're charged, you're charged. Amen, you got to watch, you got to keep I gotta be very diligent that some of this don't slip out of my heart. Amen, I gotta be very diligent that time and circumstance don't allow the important things to stay important in my life. That somewhere after in time, it just doesn't matter anymore. I gotta watch and keep them. In verse number 30, amen, the Bible says that they took these, these commissioned vessels to bring them to Jerusalem to the house of the Lord. In verse number 32, the Bible says that they came to Jerusalem and that they rested for three days. Amen. They came to Jerusalem and they rested for three days. And in verse number 33, the Bible says that the vessels were once again weighed in the house of the Lord. But verse number 33, amen, speaks of something more than just being weighed. But now the Bible says the, way, the vessels are being weighed and they're being numbered in the house of God not just weighed but they're being numbered in the house of God and so here is an important thing that you and I must hold in our heart that whatever we had when we left amen whatever we had when we walked away that's got to be what we have when we get there Amen. I can't just leave with something and just hope for the best and just hope it all comes out in the wash on the other side. But I need to check and double check every time. Amen. I got to make sure that I have it with me. I don't know about you, but many times my wife and I, when we're leaving home, especially if we're going away for a couple of days and we've got some luggage with us, it's not been uncommon at all for us to get a few miles down the road, sometimes several miles down the road and start wondering if we have something with us. 
And we both just give one another the latitude to say, pull over. I know I have it, but I just got to make sure. Now, I'm going to tell you that generally in our case, that whatever it is is in question is in the suitcase that we put in first. And it's in the far corner, in the bottom left-hand corner of that suitcase. And it's not just an easy thing to just go. You go, we're sitting side of the road. We just look like a little band of gypsies. We've got everything we own outside of the road. But you see, it's important. And so we got to make sure that I still have it. Amen. I want to make sure that I still have it. I'm not just trying to talk about our life here today. I'm trying to tell you that whatever you got to do, if there's ever a question in your mind, I'm not sure prayer means to me today what it meant to me 20 years ago. Amen. I better pull over and see where I left off. Amen. I'm not sure church attendance means as much to me as it did 20 years ago. I better pull over and figure out where all of a sudden that lost its value. Amen. If reading the word of God and prayer was important to you when you started out on this journey and somewhere or another along the way you feel like you can go without prayer and Bible reading and fasting, we better pull over somewhere because we're not just going to be weighed going out, but we're going to be weighed going back in. And so I say, Lord, help me today to make sure that what you have placed in my hand has not lost its importance. It's, it's important. It has not lost its value to me but I want to make sure that when I get on the other side amen when I have when I place that back into the hands of the priest that they understand whatever I left with that's exactly what I got amen I didn't trade it off somewhere along the way I didn't sliver a little bit of the gold off sell it for myself along the way amen just present a vessel that looked like the vessel but it didn't weigh as much amen I don't want to barter it off. I don't want to shave off a little here, a little there, and still just try to look the part. Amen. Depending on what that vessel may have been, you could probably get somewhere in that vessel and shave a little of that gold off and say, you know what, we're no, no, no worse for the wear here. Well, we will be because we're going to weigh this again. We, we're, we're going to be no worse for the wear. We will be one day because we're going to be weighed again. Amen. Oh, what about that Old Testament prophecy where the hand came out of middle of nowhere and began to ride on the wall. Amen. That hand began to ride on the wall and the king said, I got to find somebody that can tell me what this means. I got I to gotta find somebody that can drill down on the meaning of this. I've got many people coming into my life telling me what they think it might mean, but I need somebody that'll come with a sure word of the Lord. Amen. They brought a man with a sure word of the Lord. Amen. That man with a sure word said you've been weighed in the balances and you're found wanting. I'm going to tell you today, I don't want to be weighed in the balances and found wanting, but I found something worth preserving. I found something that was worth preaching about 37 years ago and I woke up this morning and I said, you know what? It's still worth preaching about today. It's still worth declaring today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I grew up under a pew I grew up under a church pew with men sometimes that I didn't even know who they were and they were declaring this gospel. You know what? It's still an honor to declare it. It's still an honor to declare it today because it's something worth preserving. It's something worth holding on to. Praise God. I was uh, last night in my office and I was just trying to get my mind around these scriptures and this thought and I walked over and I have my grandfather's old Bible and 
and I, I, I began to dig through that, look through that Bible, and I came across a piece of paper. I didn't bring it in with me, but I came across a piece of paper where notes were written on the front and back, and it's been folded in thirds, and all the ink has run together. You can just barely make out what, any word here or there. <laughs> I was just thinking what I'd give to be able to just figure out what this says. Amen. Something was moved upon. Someone moved upon in there. Jotted it down. I was, I'm not trying to just bore you with personal stories, but I was thinking of something I had preached many years ago. It was way before I started using the computer for keeping up with my notes and, and for studying things of that nature. So I got several file folders full of handwritten notes and oh goodness, what a mess. And so I was looking through those old notes. I don't know if anybody will ever want those one day. Maybe just start a fire here or there, but begin to write down some things. And as I began to look through those notes, I just kept up with all this stuff through the years. Some of them, literally some of them are on the uh, little paper placemats. I got thought when I was in the restroom. And wrote down on the back of that and, and, and there it is. But see, it meant something at that moment. Amen. It meant something at that moment. God was saying something. God was speaking yeah. something. And, and I'm not trying to get out here weird on you, but I just don't want to throw that away. Because right. right. it, meant, it meant something to you. It might not mean anything to another generation. I found something I really did write on one of those little placemats. I was sitting at a table and several ministers were talking. And I was just sitting at the other end and I was just taking notes. I was wishing I had been a stenographer. Because they were saying some stuff. And it just went up in value. And so yesterday I came across those things that I haven't seen in years. And they just went up in value. They didn't go down in value. Man, they just, they mean so much. They mean so much. I don't want to preach past the moment here today. And I'll ask our musicians if you will to come. But I want to ask you this. Amen. I, I hope that you have preserved what you've been entrusted with. See, these precious vessels were weighed and they were numbered. It was a close inventory of what had been entrusted to their hand. And so it is today. We have a treasure in an earthen vessel. Now, I, I am responsible and you are responsible to preserve the spiritual integrity of this message for another generation. And I plan on doing that because personally I feel like we have something worth preserving. And I'm going to ask every parent in, your, in this house today, if you're not talking to your children, when are you going to start? That's right. That's right. If you're not sharing with them what God has done in your life, when are you going to start? I don't think there's any such thing as being too soon. Too soon. Deuteronomy 6 and 4 just underline the importance of hero Israel. The Lord our God is one. He said, talk about it when you rise up. And talk about it when you lay down. Talk about it when you sit in your house. And talk about it when you walk by the way. Talk about it because you've got to drill the importance, the importance, the importance, the importance. This is worth preserving. There's power in the name of Jesus. And I intend to keep not only preserving but propagating that glorious name to another generation. Because here's the thing. Somebody preserved it for you and I. Thank God. Thank God they did. 
I don't know how weary they got along the way. I don't know how many times it crossed their minds to say, you know what, I'm done. There's only one thing I know is that apparently they just kept going on. I don't know how many Sunday school teachers said, I'm done. But apparently somewhere late on Saturday night they said, I think I'll do it one more time. <laughs> and something was getting off in my heart and in my mind. And I don't want to trade it. I don't want to shave anything off because we're going to stand accountable to God for what we have done with that that has been entrusted to us. I have no idea what Brother Williams was going to talk about today, but when he talked about those talents, we're going to be judged by what we have done with what God has entrusted us with. We can say, well, it's no matter. We'll just set this up on a shelf. Or we can say, you know what? I've got to, I've got to get after it. I've got to do something. I've got to do something because this is of great value. I want to be intentional about the treasure that's been placed in my care. I want to be intentional about the treasure. Let's stand. Can we do that? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The word of the Lord is our hope. The word of the Lord is our strength. Amen. The word of God is what it's going to take to leave this world. The spirit of God, that Holy Spirit. And someone said, that's our ticket out of here. Amen. That's my ticket out of here. And so if it was important enough for me, then it's important enough for another generation. Amen. It's important enough to keep it, to hold it. Amen. I want us to just begin to worship the Lord. I have the... This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.